Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Holy Family in St. Lawrence in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and I will be your host. With me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? Good. How are you, Dan? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, you know, it's becoming spring outside, and so I think everyone's spirits are kind of being uplifted a little bit. Just the sunlight. Just yeah. that we've had sunlight, right? Yeah. I it's mean, been it's great. nice to see the snow melting and whatnot, but the sun, right? And warm air. Oh, <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. It's really nice. It's always a good time of year. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a busy t- time of year. Yeah. Liturgically for us. Yep. Uh, Lent, you know, in the se- second week of Lent right now. Yeah. Or, we're yeah. in the second week of Lent going into, going into third Sunday of Lent. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, you know, things, things are rolling here and going well. Yeah, it's been a really good start to the Lenten season and just some really nice graces in the midst of everything going on. And um, I was just talking to, I got my hair cut today, and the person cutting my hair was just talking about how nice it is to kind of get the refresh button. And like Lent is so good to kind of help us sort of be renewed and take a step back and pause and reset our spiritual lives, you know? And that's kind of what it does, right? Um, she was saying, she said, I wish we had more days of Lent. I was like, whoa, 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 easy now. <laughs> But it's true. I think it. Yeah. You know, it is a. It's an annual opportunity to just step back and recalibrate in our spiritual lives, in our lives as Catholics, in particular. So, so yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to open us in a prayer? Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Uh, we thank you for this Lenten season and this the beautiful gift that you give us in these 40 days of fasting and in the Sundays of Lent and uh, for the opportunity to, to just refocus and refocus as we approach the Easter mysteries and the, the beauty and the, the grace of that beautiful sacrifice that, that your son made. Lord Jesus, you who, uh, you who journeyed in this world and in this life to show us that you truly do want to save us. We thank you and we praise you for your passion and your death and your resurrection, that you would go through that for us. Lord, may our hearts continually go through the process of, of dying and rising, of letting go, so that you can bring us to newness of life. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for uh, your graces in this Lenten season. We ask for your anointing and upon our conversation and all those listening right now. You would bless them in the midst of this season. Mother Mary, intercede for us uh, with all the angels and the saints that are in heaven. And we praise and glorify you, Heavenly Father, through the heart of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Um, well, we have uh, uh, a couple of things going on, kind of special this week. Yeah, right. We um, we have a couple new hires. We do have a couple new hires within the cluster. So, um, uh, as you know, we we had a job description up for a full time maintenance person to um, be in charge of the buildings and grounds for both of the parishes, St. Lawrence and Holy Family, and then um, two part time positions um, for custodial work at, at each of the places. And so, a lot of people have met Hannah, and we had her on. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, um, when she got hired, and so, but we hired a custodial person um, for five days a week, uh, and twenty hours a week, 
down at Holy Family to do cleaning. His name's Nathan. Um, I'm really excited to bring him on board and onto the team. Um, he was, as I listened to him talk in his interview and share about his experience, his work experience, but also his experience in the church he grew up in and stuff. I, he was just really great of like understanding the mission of a church, understanding the dynamics of a church community and, and being okay with that and being respectful in that and, and the importance of hospitality. Like he, he really understood that and that, you know, you want your place to look good because it's a place where people come to pray and how important that is. And so just really excited to bring him on board and, and have him part of the team, um, especially down at Holy Family. And then, um, uh, so uh, if you see Nathan or get a chance to meet Nathan, um, welcome him to the community um, and to our staff. And then we um, our, our full-time maintenance person, his name is Mike. Um, and Mike is um, coming to us with quite a bit of experience in uh, just maintenance and custodial work, but just a really um, self-initiator, um, a great guy to just sit down and talk with in his interview. It was just really easy to have a conversation with him and um, conversation that just kind of really easily flowed one thing to the next. And it wasn't really like just going through questions with him. It was just having, a, we just ended up with a really good conversation. He's a good communicator. Um, I think he's going to be on top of things. So even on his first day, he had his first day here um, this week. And, you know, I knew he was going to be around. I just hadn't got to really see him or anything. And he was already, he was self-initiating. You know, he changed he changed a whole lot of light bulbs at St. Lawrence on day one. He just went around and it was one of the first things he went around and looked at was the lights. And noticed that there's a number of lights in the social hall out. And he, he went and just did it. And that's the kind of person I'm really excited uh, for because he's going to be self-initiating and taking care of uh, the buildings and the grounds. He's also a person that I think is going to be able to communicate with people and, and reach out. So I'm already starting to drop names <laughs> and get him names. So if, if you want to volunteer or help out in any way, you know, uh, Mike gets the idea of volunteers helping out. And it's Mike's responsibility to keep keep this, these buildings and grounds at both places up to par. And... Um, he gets the dynamic of letting other people help and uh, really wanting that. So, you know, if you want to help out, um, drop your name on Mike. Tell him what you what you think you could do, whether that's shoveling or mowing lawns or painting or, you know, doing the big highlight bulbs. You know, um, we were talking about that this morning. I gave him a name, somebody who I knew I could had changed some of those highlight bulbs before. So, you know, call him. You know, he'll come over and help and, and get it done. Um, so yeah, excited. It's always exciting to bring on new mm -hmm. team members. So we've hired two now, and we got those positions full, and it's forward in March. Yeah, um, and then a couple uh, kind of fun things within, uh, I guess, kind of maybe extended community. But uh, you know, a couple of the Hermantown teams went, or I guess the men's hockey team played in the state tournament. Whew. So I went down for the Friday game, which was a, a fun, fun game. Yeah. You know, against St. Cloud Cathedral. And the boys, you know, the Hermantown boys played so good. Um, and they fought, literally fought in that game. I mean, it, was, it got so intense. It was so competitive. And, I, you know, like anything, there's frustrations and stuff. But they just played extremely well. And it was really close, really up to the last four mm -hmm. or five minutes. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, kind of the floodgates opened. You know, they scored one more goal. And then they took, you know, St. Cloud takes the goalie out. They get another goal. And it was kind of, that was the end of the yeah. story. So, and then... Saturday's game was super exciting. I was I had a funeral, so I missed the first part of the game, and then turned it on as I left the cemetery. I turned it on my phone, and uh, 
got back to the house for the third period and whoo yeah, yeah Aaron Aaron Pionk, you know, he's a member mm-hmm. of the parish. Um son of um uh Scott, I was going to call Scott Joe. <laughs> One of their sons is Joe. <laughs> but Scott and Karen Pionk. And uh, Aaron scored that big goal yeah, in the third with period. With only a couple minutes left, right? Only, I think it was 23 yeah. seconds left. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I was right. jumping up and down in my my living room. Oh, I was yelling and screaming. You know, and then it was. It was a heartbreaker in overtime. But you guys, if any of you are listening, like, you guys played really well, made us really proud. Great, great job. And then Blake Biondi, uh, we want to congratulate him um, on winning Mr. Hockey. And that's a super great thing. You know, Blake, you're, we had you on last week with Cade, and you guys are both really great. Blake, you know, you make us proud because you you play hard, you work hard, you know, you you care about people in the community. You know it's more than just about you, and life is bigger than you. Life is bigger than hockey. That's what makes you as a hockey player so great in many ways, I think. Yeah. You know, that's my two cents. And so we just want to congratulate uh, Blake Biondi, um, son of, of Joe and Kelly Biondi, um, just super proud, um, you know, to have you in in the parish, um, but in the community, and you know, keep it up. And then we've got another thing, um, something that I've gotten into this year a bit more, especially towards the end of the season. I've been to three of the Hermantown basketball games, girls basketball games, and they made it to state. So I went to yeah. that game the other night. Um, went over there with some folks, and uh, it was a really great game against Tibbing. It was eighteen to three at one point. Hermantown was up. Hibbing came back at one point. Hibbing in the four, in the second half with I don't know four or five minutes to go was up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, but the girls they stuck to their game and they played. And we got a bunch of girls on that team. They're heading down to state here this week. And so congratulations to the Hermantown girls. We're rooting you on. You know we've got we got kids in all different programs and stuff. And so we're trying more and more to get to watch all of you play. And we're really proud of. And uh, it's exciting for us to always watch. Um, <coughs> excuse me on the <coughs> coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Oh, boy. Um, and so, so girls, we're really proud. We're, we're rooting you on this week and praying for you. Have fun down there and just have a blast uh, playing on the big the big court. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's cool to see um, those teams succeed, you know, the, the, the local teams. So, um, well, you know, kind of getting into the, the main topic of this week's episode is we're going to talk about uh, continual conversions. Uh, so this is kind of, you know, a topic that kind of came up thinking about, uh, you know, we're in Lent, and uh, I, I don't know if I'd call these the, the dog days of Lent yet, but so- sometimes some days they feel like it. And, uh, uh, you know, there's there's all these things that we're, you know, fasting from uh, and going through these penances and all these kind of different things. And sometimes it's easier to just be like, oh, well, I got to do this or I can't have that or you know, this or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but then kind of thinking like, okay, why are we actually doing this? Like, like why, you know, why am I doing this or why am I giving up this or, you know, what's kind of the meaning behind that, you know? Um, and so kind of turn to the, to, to the catechism, you know, if we, if you listen to the episode on the catechism, that was, I think a couple episodes ago and, um, we're kind of pulling that back out today and kind of going back to the well, um, and, um, so right here I'm in part two. So it's kind of on the, the celebration of the Christian mystery and it's kind of under the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. That's kind of what this is under. So I think that kind of gives you some hints, you know, on, on kind of where we're, we might be going with this, but, um, 
it talks about the, the conversion of the baptized. So, um, you know, kind of having, you know, if we're having continual conversions, that means that we've already had the first one, right? Um, and so kind of getting into this, it, uh, the, the church kind of calls what, what they have is uh, the second conversion. And in uh, paragraph 1428, talks about how uh, the second conversion is an uninterrupted task for the whole church. And uh, this endeavor of conversion is not just a human work, but is the movement of a contrite heart drawn and moved by grace to respond to the merciful love of God who loved us first. And so, um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess, Father, I just want to first maybe open this up to you um, and kind of talk about, I mean, you have probably had a lot of experience with people um, maybe going through a, a first conversion, but then also probably going deeper and, and kind of having these continual conversions. And, you know, it kind of talks about having uh, it being an uninterrupted task. I kind of thought that was an interesting way to, to, to put that. Yeah, it, you know what, I there's a lot to think about because we, we can have these sort of big conversion moments or like, oh, yeah. you know, I went to a retreat or I went to a conference or I went to a camp and had this great experience. Um, which is kind of like a, a starting point for that second conversion, right? Um, but it has to be ongoing, and it can't stay in the same place. So, and, and more than anything, you know, for me, it, it, you know, just talk personally, I've I certainly have walked with a number of different people through that dynamic, but there, even recently, there's the temptation to think, boy, I wish I could go back to the zeal and the, the feelings that I had when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Because back then I had these just wonderful feelings about the Lord and wonderful feelings about the faith. And, um, and it's not that I don't now, it's just it's matured. Yeah. And it's grown through that continual conversion. And here's the thing is that I can't go back to that. I can't go back. That's not where God's calling me. God's not calling me back to that point. He's calling me forward to the next point. And that's part of the continual conversion. It's God is always calling us forward to newness of life. He's not calling us to stay stagnant. You know, it's the whole still water thing. Yeah. If you think like, okay, wow, look at this beautiful, refreshing water of my conversion. And then you don't, you, you just stay there. It's going to get, it's not going to do anything. It's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it needs to be refreshed. It needs to move. So I think that that's part of it. Um, what, read that quote again to me, though. Yeah. It, it, it's, so um, uh, this endeavor of conversion is not just a human work. It is a movement of a contrite heart. Of a contrite heart and yeah. a continual one, right? Yeah. So, you know, and we talked at the beginning of Lent, you know, I talked about moving from, you know, regret and um, embarrassment, um, those things that kind of happen in our lives, Um a disappointment in ourselves to conversion involves moving to contrition in the midst of the things that we go through in life and contrition moves us to fullness of life it moves us to that place and that's where that that constant conversion has to come is that it's a constant moving towards contrition to just go okay i know i'm still not perfect and i know that i've chosen to do some things good or, or, or chosen to do some things that um are are bad whether they're gravely bad or venially bad, if you will. Um, but I, I'm sorry and I need help. And so that has to take place. You know, in the the book that we're reflecting on, 
on the Monday Night Missions by Mother Mary Francis. Um, she, in that first chapter, talks about the temptation of Jesus is not just in those 40 days in the desert or in that one day when the devil comes to him three times, you know, and we hear that at the beginning of Lent, too, which was really unique. She says, you know, he had to make choices with his human soul every day. That Jesus didn't just face temptation in those, like, that, that brief moment at the end of the desert. He faced temptation every day of his life, and every day he moved his created human soul that was united to his divinity. He had to make a choice and move it towards goodness. And he had to move it with the temptations that he was experiencing towards good. And so that continual conversion, like, it, it's beautiful, like, that she draws out that Jesus had to make it an everyday thing. And so continual conversion involves every single day turning to the Lord and going, I'm sorry, I love you, I need you, and help me to move closer toward you. And uh, that brings us somewhere. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really good quote, I think. Mm -hmm. And there's... um. Uh, there's another kind of part and kind of the next page where it kind of actually talks about that um, the kind of aspect of uh, that conversion where it's like a uh, where here I'll, I guess I'll just read it. So this is 1435. Um, conversion is accomplished in daily life by gestures of reconciliation. And then it lists a bunch of other, of other ones. Um, um, but then it talks about how just taking up one's cross each day and following Jesus is the surest way of penance. Yeah, which which uh, I you know I think it's 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 easy to kind of find just some comfort in that because um, so many times when we think of uh, conversion or maybe you know if someone looks back on their for on their first conversion or initial conversion maybe and it's you know if it's this really big thing then um, they'll be like oh can I go through that again or right. you know something like that um, or even like I don't know if someone hasn't maybe haven't had a huge conversion they're like okay well. I'll, you know, am I doing something wrong? And it's just, just kind of this, you know, to be able to, for the church to lay out. And it's like, no, you know, it's just, just daily, you know, cho choosing the good every day, right? It's choosing the good every day. And it's remembering that um, it's not as though we have a conversion and then we're suddenly perfect. Yeah. Like that's such a false reality or, or we have a conversion. So we, we were converted to Christ and now I don't have to really worry about anything anymore. I don't have to continue to grow and mature in this conversion. And so the continual conversion is the maturing of that initial conversion, and it involves everyday conversion, right? It, it involves everyday change, because I constantly have to be changing away from that which doesn't bring me goodness or isn't toward the good. So it's it's everyday conversion. That's so necessary because, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be there until I get there, you know, yeah. and we have to remember that. So I think the temptation or the the expectation is like, if I can just have this this conversion, then everything will be fine. And I will no longer struggle with these temptations. I'll no longer struggle with this sin. I'll no longer struggle with these feelings. I'll no longer struggle with this whatever. Um, and I'll just, I'll just be there, you know? And in that, we get in the comparison game. Like, if I could just be like him, if I could just be like her. Yeah. No. Everybody is constantly going through that daily conversion of changing into Christ, 
and allowing Christ to do that saving act. It's such an important dynamic of penance. Because penance isn't punishment. We have to remember that. Like Penance isn't this punishment. Penance, penance is more towards the conversion. It's doing something right, right? To, to, to make up for the wrong. It's, it's, it's reversing the wrong that's been done. So, you know, and we, we've talked about in this in recent homilies, you know, I take a piece of bread from you. Proper penance is to give you bread back, like to, to right that wrong, you know. Um, and so we do that in various ways, and that has to be done in our hearts especially. Yeah, and uh, there's a, a quote in here um, by St. Ambrose, and um, this is, uh, I, I think I think this kind of when I read this, I was like, oh, it was kind of like one of those, um, um, I, I, I've heard them called the, the, the holy ums. So whenever any says, says something that really strikes the chord, mm. you're like, mm, mm. yep, yep. Uh, and th- this is kind of one of those for me. So St. Ambrose says, of the two conversions that uh, in the church, there are water and tears, the water of baptism and the tears of repentance. That's really good. So I'll, I'll, I'll read that one more time. St. Ambrose says of the two conversions that in the church there are water and tears, the water of baptism and the tears of repentance. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess, yeah, you know, we can kind of briefly talk about um, the, the, the first one there, kind of talking about water, the water of baptism. You know, that's something that, you know, if you're Christian, you've been baptized. It's kind of permission to play, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so that, that, that's kind of the easy one there. Well, and, and right? here's just a quick catechesis, right? Um, that with baptism, you know, original sin is washed away, and if a bap- adult is baptized, personal sin is washed away. So at the Easter Vigil, we're going to have a, a guy here in the cluster um, baptized. And so he's in his 30s, I think. And so his baptism uh, will wash away all his personal sins, so he doesn't have to bring that to the confessional. Mm-hmm. But after his baptism, then he has to go to confession. Right? So baptism is the washing away of our sin, both original and personal. Now, a little baby doesn't have personal sin yet because they don't have the ability to rationalize and then choose out of that reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, but an adult does. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, baptism's a true washing. Mm-hmm. It is a conversion because it's change, right? You think of con- a conversion of money, you're changing money, right? That's, that's this dynamic of, it's a transformation. It's a going from one thing to the other, right? Um, so, yeah. But that second part is even yeah. more pertinent to our day-to-day. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think specifically with the kind of state we're in right now in Lent, you know, uh, so um, talking about the conversion of tears or um, the tears of repentance. So, I don't know, do you want, you want to kind of talk us through that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Never, first off, never say, never say you're sorry for crying. Okay, <laughs> um, that's an important thing, um, especially if it's you know, especially most things that cause us to cry. It's okay, you know, it's normal. Um, uh, so there's there's certainly definitely really good healthy crying. Um, I'm a person who um, know I, I experience the grace of tears and repentance. Um, I would say it has moved me to tears many, many times um, where the spirit moves within and it, it's a true movement of the soul that that causes the body to react, if you will, of sorrow and being sorry. 
and the cleansing power of tears um, that the body provides the soul is is really a beautiful gift. Um, tears for me also come often when I'm grateful and just experience love um, from the Lord. But I want let's talk about the tears of the confessional. Those are tears of repentance. W- one of the most beautiful things of being a priest is to to be with people when God is really loving them in his mercy and how that moves to this repentance of really feeling the sorrow and the the contrition of really feeling because of God's love you feel the contrition of like yeah oof, I'm so sorry and it moves somebody to tears so a lot of times in in the confessional people will be surprised by that because sometimes they come in and they know like they can already feel it and there's other times where they'll be in the middle of a confession and suddenly they just find themselves crying and they're just totally surprised by it. And that's those are the most beautiful moments um, because it, it's, it's a true movement of the Spirit and those tears are healing and those tears are tears that show true conversion and movement and change of, of heart or thinking of, of life. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's completely... You know, going to be perfect necessarily when they walk out, but there's a, there, it's a be, it's a it's a part of that continual conversion. So I I get to experience that a lot or journey with people in those tears a lot of times, and you know a lot of times people will be like, I can't believe I'm crying. You know, it's like no, that's that's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift of tears, and it's not it doesn't have to be like weeping, right? Like when I say mm-hmm. crying, yeah. it's just tears. Sometimes tears are just really really simple. And it means that, you know, the soul is doing something. Um, and the body is showing that. and uh, Which means the spirit's at work, you know. Um, yeah, because that's when, when you start to... F- when you start to feel that repentance and that conversion and those tears come, just acknowledge and be grateful that God is loving you and wanting... Um, to heal and working on your heart. Um, it's usually a, a great sign of grace. And so don't don't write it off or you know don't don't think oh I'm just being a baby or whatever like no, there's grace in those tears. It's just such a great quote that you bring out Dan, you know yeah, and um, the the paragraph, directly following that it talks about interior interior penance um and uh and th- this is kind of what i um i don't know i feel like it really connects kind of maybe all of this to uh the part uh, of just being in lent because it kind of talks about how jesus's call to conversion and penance um isn't so much about um like doing like fasting from something or you know give do doing cold showers or whatever it is but he's calling for a conversion of the heart um and that's kind of why we have lent isn't always to to do um to fast from something or to you know abstain for something it is that but it's um all geared towards having that conversion of heart which is which is really a a conversion or a change in the way that you think, in the way that you feel, in the way that you you choose and you act. That's those interior elements, right? 
um, on kind of a, just a raw level. Because the, the goal of the conversion or what the conversion is doing, right, is causing the interior of you to move and to live more and more like Christ. So the more and more I allow Christ to really truly possess me, to transform me, to change me into love itself, which is him, and he's the only one that can really do this. I have to let him. I have to give him permission to change the way that I feel, the way that I think, the way that I choose, the way that I act. And, and that's when the interior, it's not just like, well, I'm going to look good on the outside or whatever. It's truly, what's going on inside? And eventually that can, that can show on the outside, right? It's mm -hmm. going to as the deeper interior conversion happens. But that conversion is, it's, it's more than just like, hey, I'm giving this up for Lent and I'm going to lose some weight and I'll, you know, I'll feel better about myself, right? Like, this isn't about you feeling better about yourself. It's more about being who you truly are in the heart of God. So conversion brings you to this wholeness of who you most truly are in the heart of God and where you allow Christ to transform you and bring you to constant daily conversion to be as you truly are in his heart, you will start to feel different. You will start to think different. You will start to choose and act differently. And it's going to be more in conformity with what seems most true and authentic and real about you. And it, the, the result of it will be joy and peace. The result of it will bring healing the result of it then will bear fruit for yourself and for others. Um, but you've got to go through that daily conversion of allowing yourself to die to the things in you that are not of him. And those are usually those things in us that we're kind of like icky about, you know, or they're, they, they're, they lean towards the negative, right? Um, and so it's allowing Christ to just work us through that and have that interior conversion. And it, it it, it changes us, and that's the big thing about daily conversion. Am I willing to go through this? And it's not, it's not an instantaneous thing. It's this gradual thing of conversion. It's one of the reasons the Liturgy of the Hours, it really is. The Liturgy of the Hours causes a gradual conversion in a person's life because the Liturgy of the Hours is, is saturating the heart and the mind and prayer and the whole day with the living Word of God. And it gradually changes our heart and mind to think and to feel like God because the Psalms are full and the scriptures are full of the thoughts and the feelings of God. And when we become so familiar that we're praying that constantly through the course of our day in these little ways in the Liturgy of the Hours, it brings about conversion. So that's one of the things, you know, that's why when somebody who's in the Word daily does start to feel and think differently. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes we push it away because it's like, you know what, I don't want to think like that because I want to think the way that I think and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to stay where I am because I have control and you know what, I, I, I know better than God. You know, so we're afraid or we push that back or we're like, you know what, I'm hurting and don't want you to touch that and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay where I'm at with this because I'm scared of like dealing with this so I'm not going into the word of God. And, you know, you could give, we could do a whole show on, show on examples of that, but it's, it's, we've got to give ourselves the humility and the trust and the vulnerability to go, Lord, 
saturate my heart and my mind with your word and your grace so that I can have a, a conversion again today. I thought it was kind of um, interesting that you brought up kind of specifically scripture and the liturgy of the hours because paragraph 1437. <laughs> I don't know the catechism <laughs> in front of me, so <laughs> it says, good. Uh, reading sacred scripture, praying the liturgy of the hours and the Our Father, every sincere act of worship or devotion revives the spirit of conversion and, and repentance within us and contributes yeah. to the forgiveness of our sins. That's exactly right. It's so true. So it, 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 it's like they were listening to you when they wrote that. <laughs> or, or, or I've been trained well, I've informed well, and I've read that thing before. <laughs> or that. become part of my life. But, you know, here's, here's one of the things, so maybe a last point, because I know we're, we're at time here. Um, on that, and this is a big thing when you're, when you're participating in Lent and stuff, acknowledge how you feel when you leave a time of reflecting on the word or a time with the blessed sacrament. Acknowledge the feeling as you leave. Is it different than when you came into it? How has the word made you feel right now? Made you think right now? You know, because here's the reality is, is you're walking out of the church doors after having been here on a Monday night um, or at, a, at the Bible study, or at Stations of the Cross, or whatever the case may be, how are you feeling as you leave? Is, it, is, it, is, it, is your heart and mind in a different place? Because here's the thing, this is why we need continual conversion, and that's why we need these repetitive things, actually. It's like going to the gym over and over. Um, and how do you feel when you leave the gym? You know, that's a great example, too. But same, think about it in the church, when you, when you, when you come into prayer. Um, is it's going to fade away really quick, oftentimes. You're going to be like, feel like, oh, I have such a piece of heart after spending an hour in adoration and just slowly reading through some scripture. Oh. Or, you know, leaving Monday night after some time of worship with others. I feel so good right now. And you're going to get home and somebody's going to say something or you're going to answer a text message. Or you're going to turn the TV on. <laughs> there it goes. Because now something else is causing you to think and feel, right? And so this constancy of the word in our hearts and our minds is really what brings about a deeper conversion and a consistency in prayer. I mean, it, it really does. And so, so we do. We have to ask ourselves, do I want to live in the misery of the world? Because it really does. That's what, it, that's what it presents. And we all do it. I mean, I do it all the time. I always go back to the misery of the world, you know, over and over. And i got to constantly be converted to be... Come back to the come back to the the word the liturgy of the hours. Come back to the sacraments. Come back to mass. You know, and I have to choose that every day. I could choose to say, you know, what, I'm not doing mass today. You know, um, so don't think I'm like dismissed from it. It's just that reality that as human beings we face that temptation every single day, just like Jesus did, and we've got to move our our will and our our lives in conformity to God's grace by His grace. So. It's so beautiful, Dan. It is. It really is when, when we allow it and we think about it and we, we share it. It just really, really is. And it has to happen over and over, so don't give up. You know, that's one of the things is, like, we'll, we'll give up because it's like, ugh. You know, here in the confession, like, I just keep doing this, so I just give up. Like, no, don't give up. That's what the whole point of this is. Like, mm -hmm. it's continual conversion. It's continual, and, you know, you'll get there. Don't stink and give up. 
So don't give up on Lent either. Yeah, e- even if you have had a have a r- rough Lent, or or only like a week and a half in. Yeah, two weeks in. Yeah, you got plenty of time. Yeah, don't give up. Let conversion happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.